It's shocking how exhausted we are as a society. Oh man, just heartbreaking. Like, and being great, great excuse me. <laughs> Reaching a healthy weight is possible. Yay! Yeah. You can identify the roots of your weight problem. It's what you believe is going to happen. Together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week we have part two with our special guest, wellness junkie Tiffany Siphon. We delve into conscious and mindful eating. All right. Welcome back, sister. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Yes. So we had so much good information for you guys that we decided to make this a two-parter. So if you haven't listened to episode 39, the one before this, then go ahead and listen to that first because this is kind of the second. You want to do them in order. So Correct. Yes. Correct. We've talked in the past episode a little bit about Tiffany and her path to wellness. Do you want to kind of just like give the Cliff Notes version? Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I just started off doing everything wrong. (laughs) And uh, that led me to some things that I learned were right. Actually, shifting from this strict, repetitive um, torture to actually transitioning and learning the tools on what does balance even mean, right? What is a healthy lifestyle and turning inward to learn like what intuitive eating was getting back in touch with primitive hunger signals and eating when you're hungry. And it really did come full, you know, circle. I, I love sharing my journey and hope it inspires other people to do the same. Oh, so great. So, 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 so great. Okay. Well, so let's start off with sucky moment of the week. Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One, two, three, seriously, four, five. And what do you rate the sucky moment as, Miss Tiff? Uh, well, it's almost a four. Just because of how many times it's happened. Oh, my gosh. So when you wrote this several weeks ago, it was a two. So, all right. So tell us what happened. <laughs> okay. That's actually what's funny. So, you know, I have this affinity for nails in my tire. We're not really sure about this, this how, why or how it happens, but it does. So, um beep car signal goes off you have a low tire okay so i take it in miss siphon you have a nail in your tire which it was really funny the guy starts laughing he was like this is your third one in less than a year and i didn't think it was very funny so you know lo and behold it had to be replaced so this tire was actually about two months old so it it hurt a little bit to replace it 
Um, about three to four days later, I'm driving down the road and on the passenger side, I noticed a large bulge in my tire. It looked like a golf ball. And I text my dad and he was like, is this bad? And he freaked out. He was like, it's a bubble. He's like, don't drive on it. It'll have a blowout. So I end up back at the dealership and they're, they, you know, at this point we're on first name basis. We're high five and know each other real great. And yeah, I needed a new tire. So that was two in about a week span and four in uh, less than a year. And yeah, all of them were nails or some sort of other issue, not just wear and tear. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's always fun. I actually had my, was it last week? I don't even know that we figured out what happened. I think it was probably a nail, but Yeah. I was like driving and I was so tired. I didn't even notice that my <laughs> that my tire was flat. And no, this, no. <laughs> this guy like stopped me at a stoplight and he's like, uh, your tire is totally flat. I'm like, oh, oh. my God. Yeah. Oh. So. Is your rim okay? <laughs> yeah. I actually made it to discount tire and I was kind of thinking like this. Yeah, it was okay. I was probably really close to damaging it. <laughs> well, thank goodness you didn't. Yeah, I totally... I get it. Thank goodness for those sensors we have, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. And I, I actually ignored it because I was like, oh, well, I always have low. It just, I don't know, with the fluctuations of the, you know, the weather. Right. No, absolutely. Which makes sense, which I've thought that was the case several times until I noticed a trend downwards. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Shouldn't, shouldn't be losing that much pressure. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about conscious and mindful eating. Last week, we talked about intuitive eating. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit more information about this next stage? Right. It's just looking deeply at what you're eating, the food that's actually nourishing your body and gives you life energy and turning to all your senses. You know, intuitive eating goes back to like getting in touch with your body, but this is goes a little bit deeper on perhaps like what I'm going to eat, how this makes me feel, where this food came from, being present instead of just sitting there and mindlessly eating food because you're you're hungry. It goes deeper than that. You're making a conscious decision on what, when, and why you're consuming food. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense because so often we don't do that. <laughs> we, we are not mindful when we eat. No, um, no. So easy. You're hungry or going down the road. Oh, let me grab this and I'm going to devour it while I'm driving. And all of a sudden you ate everything. And then about 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, there's a brick in my stomach. I ate really fast. It wasn't mindful. Actually, I don't even think I tasted it. And uh, that can, can bring up a lot of feelings, you know, sometimes physical feelings of, uh, and then emotional feelings of, ooh, why did I just do that? And we're kind of mean to ourselves. And it's just a vicious cycle that we really want to break. And that's why mindful eating is great as um, eating with intention. And I know that you're one of the biggest experts I know and have taught me so much about what mindfulness is. Yeah. I mean, that goes right along with everything that we talk about in yoga and meditation and any of the mindful work that we do. So you are obviously really versed in that. You were already and then came into the training. But um, as I always do, I love to look up definitions and said the definition of mindfulness is the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. So it's just like what you said, like, am I being aware of what I'm eating, what it tastes like? Like, that's what I find so interesting when you talk about eating food, because so often, we crave it because it tastes really good, but then at the same time, we're consuming it at such a pace and with such distraction that we don't even taste it. So it's like 
we might as well be eating something healthy that I mean, like, (laughs) it's so crazy, right? Like, we're not even enjoying, you know, the indulgence. Absolutely. And there's like a part of mindfulness that's like not eating as much because people like common sense tells us in order to lose weight, we need to eat less, work out more. It's all about energy balance, which takes out that mindful component. Um, And really to end that struggle, it's best to just let go of the, the regret, worry, fear, whatever that are dominating your relationship with food. So it's the mindful of why you're eating, but it's also being mindful about how you feel before, during and after you eat. Yes, before, during, and after. That's huge. It's funny. I was watching my son this morning, and he is very much like my husband, John, and they're just very thoughtful, and they take their time when they eat, and Zoe is like me times 50. So she's like, just, (laughs) you know, just shoveling it in and like, more, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really the little things, like just starting to practice mindfulness, like when you start... It's just being aware of every bite, savoring the flavor, maybe the texture, and then recognizing the nourishment it gets to your body. Oh, yes. And when we do that, we slow down, and then our body actually feels full versus... Right? (laughs) Exactly. And that's a great tip we'll get to. It's just like, whoa, be prepared so you don't just go, ah, and like go cookie monster and then have (laughs) those effects. Yeah, we could call it going Zoe. That's my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really and my mom and I are worried about her because like, that's just her. I mean, she's only 16 months. And it's like this natural, just she just shovels it in. And she's a chunker. And she's in like the 95th percentile for weight. And I mean, everyone laughs like she's a baby. But I'm like, you know, she's been walking for six months. And she's super active. And she's not dropping any weight. So I'm like, no, I actually think she's overeating, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting you say that, right? Because as a child, like what experiences has she learned? Is it something she was born with? And this is like a great debate on hormones and and food, you know, whether it was learned or something innate. Um, But it's interesting, right? At a young age to already see things that you perhaps think may be linked to overeating. I know. And that's kind of what my mom and I are looking at. And everyone else thinks that we're just being dramatic. But it's more of just me you know, we're both like, no, we don't want her to struggle, you know, when she grows up. So it's like, I'm trying to instill like, patience and making her wait for her food and only giving her a little at a time. But she's a screamer. So she literally will just scream until your nervous system can't handle it. So you're like, here, just eat it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a phase. I'm hoping it's a phase. But yeah, it is interesting. And I don't think it's something she's learned because it's certainly not the way I mean, I never even get to eat around my kids anymore because I'm I feel like I'm just their servant, you know, like as soon as I sit down, I have to get up and get something else. So really, I think it is just something that she does. It's so interesting to see how different we can be the way we're born. You know, it really is. It really is like, wow, okay, it is very interesting. Okay, so you have this sounds really cool. You have the four noble truths from the Buddha. You want to talk about that? Yeah, and how these apply to weight loss. Another really wonderful book. Uh, never get enough of these. Is Savor, Mindful Eating, Mindful Life. And so what they do is they take and take the Four Noble Truths from the Buddha. And the first one is being overweight or obese is suffering. There's a lot of truth to it. Because if you think about being overweight or unhealthy, at how many levels does this affect you? For example, physically, your knees may hurt. You have other aches in your body. Your breath may be labored because typically when you're overweight, it's like you have on a a weight vest. But there's also a lot of emotional feelings that come 
from being overweight or obese or really just unhappy with our bodies, shame, insecurity, regret, and other emotional pains. And those together just, oh, man, just heartbreaking like, for anyone to feel or experience. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And so being able to identify leads us into the second noble truth. You can identify the roots of your weight problem. And as you know, before you can actually make a change, it's important to be able to identify how you got there in the first place, which, you know, sometimes isn't always that fun. It doesn't always really feel good, but it's worth it. And so if you take the time to reflect and identify numerous factors that have contributed to where you got there or why you got there in the first place, I encourage you to turn your thoughts into more questions. Like, so for example, do I eat or drink? a lot of sugar and highly processed foods. A lot of people I've worked with are like, no, I don't, but I love juicing. I love naked, those drinks. I love all these things. And I'm like, well, have you read the ingredient label? And they're like, yeah, but it's fruit. And I'm like, there's like 30 grams of sugar per serving in that. And they're like, oh, wow. I wasn't even aware of it. Mm -hmm. Another thing, yeah, there's a lot of hidden things that are marketed towards us as being healthy. Sure. Another thing is physical exercise. Am I actually getting enough? Do I get less than half hour a day? And unfortunately, a lot of people really do. As we know, our society has created a life where we don't have to move much. I mean, you don't have to go to the grocery store now. You have someone to do that for you. Amazon, you could live and never leave your house. I know. Isn't that so true? It is. And it's like all these things are great, but... You know, recently I was talking to Robert about it. They're terrifying at the same time because like it's creating such a disconnect. For example, all of this online ordering from food is you're not touching the food. You're not picking it out. You're just mindlessly kind of clicking through a cart online. So yeah, it has its perks, but there's some things about it that I think might be a little alarming. Um, another thing is, so how much TV do you watch per day? Um, I know lots of people and including myself, that sometimes I love watching a show. But uh, it really adds up. And if you're watching TV, there's a good chance you're being sedentary. And you're also training a part of your mind to be a little mindless because a lot of people I know do the popcorn or the food and the TV. Like the worst time to eat is when you're sitting in front of a television because there's a good chance you're going to eat everything that's in that bag or on that bowl and then reach for more. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And then do you get enough sleep? Sleep's so, so important. You know, so many different studies, like the average person gets six or it really depends on what study you read. But if you're not getting eight hours of sleep at night, that's something you might want to check into. That's going to affect the way you make those mindful decisions. And when you're tired, it's really easy to just do what's easy and not really think about what decisions you're going to make. Oh, it's huge. We did a whole episode on sleep. I'll look it up and see which one it is. And I'll have Sarah put it in the show notes. But there's a lot of great resources that we posted. And it's shocking how exhausted we are as a society. And we don't realize the effects it has. And I mean, it's it's actually getting to like a dangerous place. So I totally agree. And they say like you're talking about, I mean, the correlation between not sleeping and being overweight is really huge. Yeah. It's crazy. It is, but it makes sense too at a hormonal level. And just if you don't recharge your battery, it's harder to make good decisions without energy. And this is one of my important questions 
my favorite is what type of environment do you live in? Do you live in one that makes it difficult to eat healthy? Um, for example, I recall when I used to work in business development for this company, every day, one of the owners would bring in donuts and some of our vendors would always bring us cookies and sweets. And they were always accessible in the break room. And I would mindlessly like grab a cookie here or there. But it's really amazing when you just tune into your environment. What's in your pantry? What's at your work? What's in your car? How do the people around you eat? How is your support group? That plays a huge, huge part in being successful. These questions, they take a lot of time and it's really not always comfortable answering them. So I encourage people to be honest with themselves, be patient, and most importantly, withhold any judgment. And you know about this. Yes. <laughs> it's so important because like, I, I don't know, it's easy to judge yourself. Like that's the thing that is it's tricky with mindfulness is yes, you want to be mindful, but you don't want to like slap yourself on the hand when you have a thought or something come up. Just recognize it. Try to identify why and how that pertains to your food and life choices. So the, the third noble truth is reaching a healthy weight is possible. Yay. So we're starting to go up into something that's a little more positive. You can do this. It's really important that, you know, it's what you believe is going to happen. So what are your current beliefs about yourself? Are they motivating? Do you want to be a healthy person? What are your goals? And get back to living in balance with moderation. You can change, you know, this, you can change negative habits, but first you have to pay attention and identify those habits. Mm -hmm. And last, yes, you can follow a mindful path to a healthy way. And I love this because this really starts to play into the intuitive eating. This is not a diet that you go on and off of. This is a way of life, a new perspective, a new way of thinking. It really takes believing in yourself and then change is definitely possible. It is. Yes. And it's small steps, right? I mean, like you said, these diets are meant to be quick fixes, which is really what our society is. I mean, gosh, that's like what we live on, right? Even just the whole being everything's delivered to our door. Like, I mean, they have same day delivery on Amazon. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's insane. You know, so we are so used to just being satiated immediately, whether it's with food or with like a quick fix of, you know, a quick weight loss or whatever. And it's like, that's not real. That's not sustainable. That's not going to be a life change. So I think it's like, that's where I think so much of the mindfulness can also come into play, which is like really thinking through the patience aspect and what it takes and the hard work and little baby steps and honoring those and all those small triumphs that add up to something bigger. No, definitely. A hundred percent. Like it's like you get drenched with tsunamis of just information on the diet, which is a word. I'm not sure how I feel about that word because <laughs> of what it connotes, but yeah, it's not going to be a quick fix. And, and if, if you don't want a quick fix, because it's not going to last. And like you said, just being patient and mindful of everything. And it's amazing how when just practicing mindfulness and food and other areas of life, you just become a mindful present person. It's the same with this. It's, it's a way of life where you don't crave certain things because you've identified why you're having a lot of those cravings. And if you do, you make a mindful present decision on whatever your body is telling you or cravings you're having. And they can be healthy too. It's retraining essentially is what it is, is retraining your mind, your thoughts and, and your palate. 
if you are eating, you know, don't get me wrong, like chocolate tastes amazing, but if you're eating these things all the time, yeah, broccoli probably doesn't taste good. So it's mindfully like going back to the basics of like respecting, oh, this is actually real food. This is going to bring me benefits. Yeah. Term versus instant gratification. Oh, because instant gratification, usually that's where those other negative feelings of guilt, regret start to come from. It's so true what you're saying about like your taste buds. I think that's why we talked about last episode about doing like a reset. And that's what I always find helps me is like, but after the 10 days of resetting my food and not eating all the sugar and all that stuff, it's like fruit tastes sweet, like candy, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, going back, like fruit's great. Just try not to drink a lot of fruit juice, but juice, but fruit, fruit is great. And it's one thing I use when I do have sweet cravings is I'll make like a homemade sorbet with almond milk and fruit and berries. And it tends to just get rid of that craving as well as be healthy with a lot of vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients. So it's a win-win situation. Mm, I like it. Hey, Sparker Tribe. So Nicole and I have talked about this a lot. You know that we are obsessed with organizing and keeping our space clear. And there is a very good reason. It gives you energy, it clears your mind and gets you excited to do whatever it is that you want to do in your life, all from just clearing your space. So I created a free email challenge to help you do just that. It's called the seven days to make your life sparkle challenge. Go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle, put in your email address, and every day I will send you one simple task that you can do to clean out your physical and digital clutter. Oh boy. There is a main challenge as well as a bonus challenge for each project. So this is a very simple, easy, and free way to start to take action in your life and help you discover what it is that sparks you. Again, that's AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle. Okay, so our try this is kind of unique this week. So you have six different choices of things people can try. And so we're suggesting to pick one and commit to it. So why don't we, you want to go down your list? Yes, absolutely. So honor your food. It's so important to express gratitude. A lot of people actually have food insecurity. And just to be able to nourish yourself and have the accessibility to food and not be hungry in itself is something to be grateful for. Acknowledging the cook. If you didn't cook it, that's okay. But acknowledge that somebody used their hands, their time to prepare this food for you. And it changes a little bit your perspective on the food. If you actually just take time and think about it or even think about, hey, this came from a garden and this potato was grown and it took months to cultivate and now it's here on this plate. And it, it sounds silly, but really just getting back to the basics of where my food came from and being grateful that you have it. Yeah, no, that's huge because I rarely do that. And when I do it, it makes a huge difference because I think um, you start to look at the food in a different way, you know, and it, like you said, it's nourishment. There's been like some kind of love attached to it, whether it's the cook and or the farmer and, you know, all of the process that it took to get to you is huge. And I think we just, you know, we kind of pass that by so often. So it's a great practice. Yeah, no, most definitely. I noticed that a school down the street from our house, and I've seen this several times, they have gardens 
for the children to learn where their food comes from. And I was like, this is just genius. At such a young age, they're, you know, planting that seed, no pun intended, that this is where your food came from. So they're learning like a gracious attitude and certain amount of knowledge at such a young age. I'm really interested to see how that will transition into the relationship with food as an adult. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so number two. Use all of your senses. It's nice. Like if you look at a beautiful tray of fruit, it's so beautiful. Enjoy the colors, the smells. There's nothing like I love soup when it's cold outside and I can smell broth and it's amazing. I love it. The feeling of the food in your mouth, as well as how do you feel when you're eating it? Your mind's response to each of your senses. Like when I eat this, I feel I feel happy because it reminds me of my mom when I was young and something she cooked. Or when I eat this, I feel whatever it may be. And take a note of that and try to gravitate towards those things that give you long lasting gratification. So it's not like, oh, this made me feel good for a few minutes, but this actually made me feel physically and mentally good with my decision. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So the first one, honor your food. Second one is use all of your senses. So the third. Practice portion control. It's, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Because if it's so good and it's making me feel good, more is better, right? <laughs> no, just be mindful of how much you're eating because it's going to be really, you know, unfortunately, there is energy balance that plays a role in staying healthy. So just be mindful and chew your food. That's one thing that I really notice. If you chew your food, you tend to actually be a little, it's, it's easier to be like, hey, I'm full. I'm going to stop. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. So the portion control one, I will say, so I actually am now like three or four pounds lighter than I was pre having children. I'm like at the lowest weight I've ever been. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I mean, a lot of it's because of my kids because I'm so busy, right. but I'm just eating less. And it's not that I'm not eating. It's like, I'm just, I'm not sitting down and having these massive amounts of food, which is what I used to do, just fill my plate. And so I think I'm probably taking in about half of the food, but that's all I need. Like I don't need all that extra stuff. And so I rarely ever feel that kind of gross fullness. And even last night, my mom was like, gosh, you're not eating it. She's like worried about me. I'm like, mom, no one needs a huge heaping plate of pasta. That's, you know that that's, (laughs) and she used to work for Weight Watchers. I'm like, you know better. You know that that is not a normal portion, you know? And I had a meatball and I had that and I had green beans and that's, that's a meal, you know? Right. No, exactly. It's like what you're mindful of. And you notice like, hey, actually, this is all I need. And I feel fine. Every day, it's not Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> right. But you know, what's so cool about it is that like, I that was such an unintentional shift for me. And a lot of it obviously was just put on me because I, you know, I had to tend to my kids or whatever, but I am completely fine. And I never feel like, oh, I wish that I could have more and get that crazy full feeling. So I feel like if you just commit to that one for a while, just like a couple weeks, you'll make a shift really quickly and you don't have to change much. Like it's not like you can't have any of the things that are on the table. It's just take less of each. That's it. Right. Taste. Taste and actually enjoy. Yeah. And so for me, that was huge freedom. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, that's all I have to do. Oh, that's easy. You know? Right. And you said something key that is like, there's no like taboo foods. You can have that if you want it. Creating those restrictions is, yeah, is a whole nother beast. But I can have this if I want it. And I don't need the whole thing because I can have it anytime I want it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then you you already said number four, which was savor small bites and actually chew your food, which is huge. This is what I noticed like with Luke and John, they're so much better at it because they eat slower. And so, you know, Zoe's always choking because she's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so, and I do it too. Like I, I just eat fast. So it's a really good exercise in mindfulness. Absolutely. Which like leads us into the fifth, which is eating slowly and avoid overeating. So all these, you know, three and four portion control and smaller bites with eating slowly helps you to avoid overeating. Oh, yes. But it's amazing how if you just pick one of these and before you eat, like I'm going to focus on chewing this meal and set these little goals, it will all start to come together and just become natural. You don't even think about it. It's an intuitive process. Yes. So this reminds me a throwback to, I want to say it was like maybe episode one or two, but it's like one of the first three episodes we did. So Nicole had lost 10 pounds and you know, Nicole's not a big girl. So for her to lose 10 pounds, you're like, what is going on? But she just like all of a sudden we turn around and we're like, whoa, she's just like ripped. And like, what what did you do? And literally, I mean, she did a bunch of things, but it was all for like this uh, program she was doing for her insurance. But the main thing was that she put her fork down in between each bite. That is it. So she would take a bite, put her fork down, and she wasn't allowed to pick up her fork until she was completely done with the one swallowing whatever it was. And she was like, it's just I just ate so much less. Right. Yeah. It's like her body had those signals and hormones, had time to catch up and be like, whoa, we're done. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> That's great. I want to try that actually. Just I know. Because- it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard because like you don't realize how like when you're eating, especially if it's a social situation where you're at like a restaurant with a friend or something, because as you like you put it in your mouth and then you're like already filling up your fork for the next thing, you know, like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very challenging and I have to like remind myself, but it's a great little trick. All right. So the last one that you can choose is don't skip meals. It makes it so much harder because then you have these like powerful hunger signals and they're like, feed me. And so you just like start grabbing stuff because like you want the hunger to go away. Yeah. Don't do that. Just try to stay in a state where you're not ravenous. And it's amazing at how much your mind has a sense of clarity to make a decision for nourishment versus I need to eat now. Oh, yeah. I'm guilty of this sometimes just when I'm busy, just because I, yes. So. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah, I get it. All of a sudden I'm downing something really quick in the car and I'm like, what am I doing? I was just starving. I know. Yeah. You get to the point of just, you need to eat fast. I know for me, I get headaches. And so once I get a headache, it's over. Like I'm just like, okay, I need to eat or I'm going to be sick. So yeah, not, not letting it get to that point. Okay. So Sparkers, try one of those. Honor your food. So you express some gratitude, acknowledge the cook. Where does it come from? Number two is use all of your senses when you eat. Number three, practice portion control. Four, savor small bites and chew your food. Five, eat slowly. And which could be the fork one, putting the fork down. And then six, not skipping meals. So I usually say when we have choices like this is pick the one that stands out to you the most, like the one where you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I totally do that. And so just for the week, every day, maybe just one meal a day, whatever you, you know, whatever's realistic for you, work on it and like consciously, mindfully work on it as a practice. And really all this stuff, when you talk about mindfulness, whether it's mindfulness with eating, whether it's mindfulness with your work, whether it's mindfulness when you drive, I mean, fill in the blank, it's all a practice. So it's not that you learn it and you get it and it's just part of your life. It's like anything else. It's a daily practice that you will have for the rest of your life. So Don't get frustrated if you get off track. 
that's what's really important to, like you said in the beginning, like no judgment. Don't judge yourself and don't just say like all or nothing. It's like, nope, I, okay, I forgot about my fork this time. No problem. Now I remember it. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So you guys, we're going to um, have a few more weeks of guests because Miss Nicole and baby are having an awesome time and she's figuring out the momming thing. But she'll hopefully be back in November. But so in the meantime, keep sending your questions. We're not really doing them right now because we have guests and we're doing kind of a different format. But Ask Coach AWAG's questions will definitely be back on when Nicole's here. So send them in to podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com because we love, we love answering your questions. Awesome. So Tiff, do you have a shout out to send us off with? Yeah, I do actually. Cozy Kitchen. <laughs> it's off of McKinney. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to that place because it really played a huge part when I've been busy keeping me healthy um, with food to go. Oh, that's so nice. You and I went there last week and it was great. <laughs> exactly. And I really, I just love the food because they give you huge portions. And it's a great way to practice portion control because guess what? Oh, wow. I have three meals out of this. Oh, totally. So we ate that night and then I got mine to go. And I think I had two more lunches out of mine. Exactly. And it's, it's actually good food. Next week on the Spark Podcast. I want you to eat better. And then like we're eating chips in the corner so Luke doesn't see us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is something that's important for you. You've got to stand up for it and you've got to be clear about it. Oh, good. I love this. <laughs> we really want our kids to be confident in their abilities and their bodies, we need to believe in them and we need to let them take risks. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends. It really helps us to get the word out. You can find the show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach AWAGS. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.